Hearing from the coordinators, Cody and I discuss our takeaways from the Slowick and Burke press conference, including optimism for the first time OC. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. It's a dynamic duo of John, some sports guy Hickman, and, of course, credential media member for the Houston Texans and the Houston Rockets, along with Sports Illustrated's writer and own Cody Davis here to discuss a couple of things. Of course, there is some Texan news, not too big, minimal news, but it's news nonetheless. We look at Matt Burke and his press conferences, his press conference, excuse me, on Wednesday, and whether or not he will be a play caller for the Houston Texans on the defensive side. But, Cody, I think the best place to start is with Bobby Slowick, first-time OC. And I think that when you look at his press conference, the takeaway for everybody mm-hmm. on – and my favorite line was when he was asked about the identity of this offense. He said it will be fast, physical, and tough. Continue with, if you cut on our film, our character will show. You're going to feel a team that's aggressive, fast, decisive, no hesitation when we enjoy playing a game. And I think with those last two, excuse me, between being decisive and no hesitation, that was one of the Achilles heels for the Houston Texans offense last year, specifically with the quarterback position. I don't know how many times between myself, between Sarge, whenever you cut the film on and watch Davis Mills, there was one takeaway that a lot of people had. He was too antsy in the pocket at times. Mm-hmm. Right, didn't didn't allow his throws to be set because of his feet movement, um, and and that's something that you look at decisiveness, you look at the hesitation on his throws, which is something that he didn't necessarily have in his rookie year, and so when you hear things like that, you immediately, in my opinion, look at an upgrade on a couple of things. First and foremost, the Texans ranked thirtieth in time of possession last year. They also was last in third downs, tied for 30th in third down conversions and 30th in punts per play, which matches them with being top three in punts per game. That's not a team that's fast. That's not a team that's aggressive. That's not a team that's decisive. That's a team that plays with hesitation. And so hearing that from Bobby Slug, who is a first-time OC, and he gave praise to Shane Day and Bill Lazor, said that those two hiring additions were amazing to this coaching staff. You kind of look at optimism and say, hmm, if they can convert on some of these third downs, if they can not be held off the field and have to punt so many times per game like they did last year, and I can't remember the numbers from the year before, uh, but I also believe that they were top in the league as well, and they were also not that well – at converting on third downs, if they're able to 
play fast, play aggressive, then that could cut down and eliminate some of the issues this offense has been having since the last time we saw Deshaun Watson play in a Texas mm-hmm. jersey. And so that was my biggest takeaway from it because I want to know what your identity is. And, of course, he's coming from a system, ladies and gentlemen, that had Kyle Shanahan, which is something that we kind of talked about yesterday, just mentioning that Bobby Sloak had Kyle Shanahan in the past. But I do want to point out that between Shane Day, who played, excuse me, I played, who coached with the Chargers just last season and that explosive offense between Bill Lazor and his time in the NFL and how successful he's been around the league. When you look at what he's been able to do with Miami, with Ryan Tannehill and those receivers heading up on north to Cincinnati with the Bengals and those receivers in that offense when he worked with Andy Dalton, there has been some success between those two men, and I think what they're going to do right now is be in a position to propel Shane, uh, not Shane, but Bobby Slowick to where he should be as an OC. Eventually, maybe two or three years down the line, one of those guys may go accept the position for something different. I get it. But right now, I think that those hires will help him be fast, aggressive, no hesitation, and decisive football for the Houston Texans. Well, you mentioned the three attributes that Bobby Sloyd talked about how he wanted his offense fast, decisive, and aggressive. And not only that, Matt said the same thing about the defensive side of the ball as well, but we'll get into that in the next segment. However, John, my biggest takeaway on what I love the most about Bobby Slowick's press conference is the fact that it seemed like not only the coaching staff and the general manager and upper management are on one accord, but it seems like that they're going to bring the players along and have them on one accord and work alongside the players. And I said that because my favorite part of Bobby's press conference was the fact that he talked about building a system around his players and building a system that is suited to the player's strength. Now, John, you know me, ever since you and I been covering this team, what was it, back in the 2019-20 campaign, we've always talked about why was it very important for the Houston Texans to get a coaching staff that can build around the suit of his players? And we're talking about the days when they had some damn good talents, i.e. a Deshaun Watson, a, a D-Hop, a Will Fuller when he's healthy, when you had a pretty good backfield at the time. When you take a look at Tim Tim Kelly's time here in the city of Houston, it always seems like they was too stubborn. They did not want to change. They always wanted to run this vanilla style offense. And look, it worked only because of the talent that they had. However, the Houston Texans are in a position now where they're going to get some of that talent back. And in some cases, hopefully, probably surpass the talent that they had. And I honestly do think given the coaching staff that they have, given with given with Bobby Slowey being this team offensive coordinator, and you got a guy that's saying, you know what, I have a quarterback who is his best attributes are X, Y, and Z. Instead of me trying to force them into fitting into my playbook, let me orchestrate something that's going to help this young man exceed even more. Now, the next thing that I loved about Bobby was the fact that he did not discredit the talent in the players that the Houston Texans have on the offensive side of the ball. Um, by the way, by the way, yeah, listen, he was the first coach to mention Davis Mills by name. So yeah. Take, take that information and do what you want with it. Yeah, he was. And look, at this point, on March 9th, 2023, 
at 6.52 a.m., it makes sense because he's the only quarterback under contract as of right now. But, of course, probably as soon as next week, that's definitely going to change. However, of course, Bobby was being asked a lot about, you know, future quarterbacks, future wide receivers and stuff. I had an opportunity to ask him what was his early evaluation of the talent that the Texans already had, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, we have we have a very young group. We got guys that are that are athletic, that can move, that can play the game, and really, we think can help. We can help develop and take another step. Obviously, you got two tackles um, already on the roster. We got some guys at receiver. We already Davis Mills is already on the roster. We got Damian Pierce. Like, there's there's a lot of tools that we can work with and start to put this thing together, same as on, on the defensive side of the ball, when you start to see it all, again, come together and everything is fast, physical, and tough, um, it gets really exciting. I love the fact that he mentioned we already got two tackles on the team. So that, get, that, it that, that, <laughs> get it done. Get it done. Get, get the deal done, right? <laughs> yeah, that was his sign to get it done. You know, another big takeaway that, that we got from Bobby Slow, you know, you guys heard him say Davis Mills' name. As I mentioned, it makes sense as of right now because he's the only quarterback on the roster. However, um, Brian Belfield, Big Sarge, had an opportunity to ask him whether or not a rookie quarterback can start for him in week one. And he said, yes, just take a look at what San Francisco did with Brock during the last, what was it, six to seven games of the season. And once again, he went back to saying that it doesn't matter who's on the center. They are building an offense around the suit of their players. I like that. I like that. And so we already know that between fast, physical, and no hesitation. There is Damian Pierce on the roster who won angriest run award uh, <laughs> of the year for the NFL. But I really would like to know where do they see Nico Collins a part of their, their plans? And he just talked very highly about some of the players on the roster. When I look at the offensive side of the ball, excluding the two tackles, I wanted to look at the skill position guys. And outside of Damian Pierce, who we presume will be the starting running back next year or will take majority of the snaps at, at the running back position, I think there is a question mark around Nico Collins due to his health mm -hmm. and due to the uh, lack of the opportunity to showcase his ability consistently. And uh, some of that is due to health. A lot of that, majority of that, is due to the quarterback play. And I also want to kind of figure out, engage, where do they view – second year tight end who I think has some good moments last year, especially as a blocker, uh, Tegan Quintoriano. And so he's a, he's a, he's a tough guy. He's aggressive. He doesn't play with a, uh, you know, a hesitation. So between those two guys, I am curious to see that I understand that Houston will build around the offense and that will include, of course, adding to the wide receiver position, which I think that group needs about two or three new faces, of course, adding to the tight end spot, when you already have Brevin Jordan, who is another player. Sure. When, I, when I, you know, when I think about this with this team, and you think about playing with hesitation and not playing aggressive, he's one of those guys that has played with hesitation on the field and lost track of the ball and maybe concentration and things of that nature. And so, between a couple of you know the last two drafts, there are players on this roster to where you may ask yourself, mm, I wonder where D'Amico, I wonder where Bobby Sloak, I even wonder where Nick Casario, who drafted these guys, view them as of right now.
Midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new quest- new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to three points, drains, point by, points, rebounds, assists. They got it all over at FanDuel. And plus, FanDuel allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Listen, if the Sacramento Kings are number two in the NBA in terms of the Western Conference standings, and they're increasing their stock, and they're making some money with a lot of these jersey sales, they're about to go to the playoffs, so there's more revenue. Why not you? Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. John, what sounds more pleasing from a coaching staff? Smart, tough, and dependable, or fast, <laughs> decisive, and aggressive? <laughs> Smart. Tough and dependable sounds like how you would describe the first two months of a youth pastor at a mega church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not smart, tough, dependable. Like he knows his word. He fights adversity through you know abstaining from sex. He's on. He comes to church every Sunday and Thursday. Like, and, and that's and I said it because. That is what Houston wanted under Jack used to be. Uh-huh. Let's move away from that. Let's actually characterize a roster by football terminologies. Fast. Uh, 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 what's the other one? Decisive, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 stick to football. And I think that's how I would love to hear uh, this 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 roster, the franchise, how the coaches, these players. I would rather hear that than smart, tough, <laughs> and dependable. I don't want to have to wear a button-up collar shirt to a football game and tell everybody, no, I'm not drinking this month. Let's have some fun with this football team. It hasn't been happening. I was talking to John Crumple of the Texan Wire. We were talking about the last couple of seasons under the Houston Texans, and I said, you know what it feels like? It feels like when you have a birthday in elementary, but your birthday is in the summertime. You never get a chance to celebrate nothing. My birthday in the summertime. Yeah, yours too. I I I never got a chance only one time. (laughs) Only one time in elementary did I get a chance. It wasn't summer school. The school had an extended uh, school year. It's like Uh third grade. Only one time did I get a chance to celebrate that. One time. We ain't celebrating nothing in the last couple of seasons with the Houston Texans outside of Deshaun throwing for the most passing yards in the season. And that ain't mean nothing to us. So. Uh That's what the Texans' life has been like for the past few seasons. Let's get back to some meaningful football and something that really matters. And we got to go back to Matt Burke, who also, you know, talked at the press conference yesterday. Cody, you know, my biggest thing was, can we talk about, let's ask Matt Burke, you know, what are you going to take from your past as a defensive coordinator? Because Bobby Slowick, this is his first opportunity to be an OC in the NFL. 
he has had experience as a defensive coordinator, just wasn't really successful. Um, hey, Coach, hey, what's up? Um, when you look back over your career, especially the last time you held a role as DC, um, how can you use that experience to help you now? And what are some of the things you think you can do to actually get better from it? Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, I mean, just in terms of, I mean, we'd we'd all be we'd all be worse people if we didn't learn from our mistakes or experiences and stuff. So, um, honestly, I think the, the, it, like, I would say this, I think, uh, when I left, uh, sort of the, the Schwartz world and when I left Detroit and started branching out to Cincy, um, and then into Miami, um, I think for me going back to Philly after that, I think that was probably the biggest step in terms of like kind of reconnecting with Jim and sort of seeing where we sort of diverged, um, and sort of, sort of tightening myself up a little bit. I think I got a little expansive, if I'm being honest with you, in terms of some of the stuff I was doing. And, you know, uh, I, I think philosophically um, it comes back to, like, we want to put these players in the best position to execute. And, um, you know, sometimes less is more. And, and being able to do something really good and doing a couple things really good as opposed to doing a million things. So um, I think, like, refocusing sort of myself on that has been where I kind of, like, came away from Miami and, and moving forward. So... The one thing I like that. while I was sitting there listening to both Bobby and Matt, I kept thinking about past coordinators. Of course, with Bobby, I was thinking about Tim Kelly. With Matt, I was thinking about Anthony Weaver. And John, on the part where he was talking about basically it seemed like he was just doing too much as a defensive coordinator. Of course, he was talking about his time as a defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins in 2017 and 2018 when they gave up an average somewhere in the ballpark between 24 to 25 points per game. Um, it seemed like he, you know, was just trying to do too much other than keeping it simple. And when I was sitting there and when he said that to answer my question to him, I thought about Anthony Weaver. When he was a defensive coordinator for this organization during a 2020 campaign, 4-12, and 12. and how many times did we hear him say before the season, that was the first time we had credentials, by the way, <laughs> how many times did we hear him say in press conferences, you know, exotic. drawing up exotic defenses? And how many times on this show? We came and uh, John McClain talked about it in the Chronicle. Aaron talked about it. Big Sarge talked Like, we all talked about, other than – trying to draw up this exotic defense. And at the time you had an agent, JJ Watt. Why don't you just keep things simple? And there was a moment during that season where I think the Texans went, I think like two and three or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Anthony, they went on a stretch and that's what we was like, Oh my God, can Deshaun Watson will his team to, to the playoffs. And it was during that time where Anthony Weavers went back and said that he kind of changed up his defense to make it simple because he did not have the personnel. Now, unfortunately, it did not last. But I say all that just to say, not only do I like the fact that this coaching staff is going to build a scheme on both sides of the ball at the strengths of their players, but they're also going to keep things simple. And I also think that is what this organization was missing over the past couple of seasons because, yeah, we could sit here and talk about how they wanted to be the Patriot of the South. And we know the Patriots got their own way of being exotic and being secretive and all that other good stuff. But like I always say, you can do that when you have the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. The Houston Texans never had that. And especially when you take a look at the lack of talent that this organization had over the last couple of seasons, i.e. Lovey Smith. Stop trying to make everything so exotic and just so great. Just keep things simple. Yeah. I, I think that 
what what this team is trying to do in year one allow this team to build up, right? But mm-hmm. I, I think by the time we see this team at their best, we may be able to classify it as somewhat exotic. Uh, because they're trying to be fast. And a lot of times when you want to play fast, you want to have a lot of you know, misdirections or, 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 you know, hiding what you actually are doing on the NFL field. You may throw out a, a base-looking defense, uh, excuse me, defense. Then you may switch it up when the ball is snapped. Like, I can see that. But with year one, what I want to focus on with Matt Burke is, says that you want players who can operate in space. Where have we heard that before? Nick Casario has mentioned that as well. So we've talked about multiple times on this show how the coaches are on one accord. First, it was D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario being on one accord. Then mm-hmm. we just talked about Bobby Slowick and how what he is saying is aligning with the other two. Now we hear from Matt Burke, and what he's saying is now aligning with Slowick and, and Ryans and, and, and Casario. But you want players who can operate in space, whether it's linebackers that can cover and it's defensive ends that can close. Cody, I think that this team who also released Jalen Reeves-Maven, this team will absolutely look to upgrade at the linebacker position. That's my biggest takeaway. There's no way around it. They have Christian Harris, who I think between D'Amico Ryans and between Matt Burke and between Nick Casario and the other guys on his coaching staff, probably on both sides of the ball. But if I focus on the defensive side of the ball – and that is where Chris Kiffin will be coaching the linebackers who came over from the Browns. I think they're going to love him as a player. But they also recognize that this team does not have true dynamic linebackers. They don't have a bunch of guys that can cover and also can make a tackle. They don't have a bunch of guys that can do it. That was a problem for Houston last year, missed tackles. We'll have a bunch of guys that can do a bunch of these things at one time. So I look at the Tremaine Edmonds. Again, I want to throw his name out there. The uh, linebacker, his name escapes me right now, from the San Francisco 49ers that played alongside Fred Warner. These are some of the guys that I think that Houston will target in free agency. They have the money to do so. But when you look at linebackers that can cover in space, even with defensive ends, that can close. I talked about Nico Collins and TQ and Brevin Jordan be, being question marks as to where those players are viewed for the coaching staff. I wonder where John Grenard is viewed right now. Oh, uh, man. Right. And again, John Grenard's issue has been, has he been able to stay on the field? The best ability at times for most players is availability, and he hasn't been available a lot. And so – I was talking with a friend the other day, talking about the defensive end position, and I think that that position desperately needs an upgrade, even when you're looking at what Jerry Hughes did last year at 35. I think once this season starts, Jerry Hughes is going to be 87 years old. Just joking. <laughs> but he will be a year older, and the NFL continues to, you know, the game continues to speed up. So I just wonder, man, and hear from both of these coaches, again, my biggest takeaway is they're going to look at this roster along with their new head coach, along with their general manager, and figure out which player on the roster already on both sides of the ball will fit what they're trying to do defensively, offensively, schematically, their their way of creating this football team that they see fit and envision. That's my biggest question right now. And I can't wait to see how this team attacks free agency because I think free agency will tell a lot. 
Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. Of course, there has been some Texans moves that's been made. The Texans claim quarterback E.J. Perry off waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, the Texans are planning to release vet linebacker, as I just mentioned in the previous segment, Jalen Reeves-Mabin at the start of the league year. And lastly, another takeaway that I think we probably skipped over Matt Burke did say that they are still sorting it out in terms of whether or not D'Amico Ryans or himself will call defensive plays for this year. My theory is <laughs> one of those guys will get an opportunity to start the year off, and I can see D'Amico, depending on how preseason goes, allowing him to kick the year off as the defensive play caller. If things are looking shaky, I can see those privileges being taken right back and right back in the hands of D'Amico Ryans. But – Let's take a look at the linebacker group, Cody. I would love Tremaine Edmonds. I really would. I think that he's one of those players that plays fast, physical, no hesitation, right? And when he is healthy, because he has had some uh, soft tissue issues, I believe, with his hamstring. I can't remember off the top of my mm -hmm. head. But he's had some injury history. But if he is healthy and not on that field, man, he makes a big difference for the Houston Texans. And that impact will be felt through the, 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 the front four, the back half, like that's how good of a player he is. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the market right now. Roquan Smith reset the market for linebackers when the trade from Chicago to Baltimore went down. Baltimore got that deal done. How do you sign a linebacker before you sign your franchise quarterback? I don't know, <laughs> but right now he is at an average of twenty million dollars per year. Shaquille Leonard is at a nineteen point seven. Fred Warner, San Fran guy at 19.04 and cj mosley his total value is 85 million but yearly he's sitting at 17 million per year a guy like edmonds is he roquan is he shaquille leonard is he fred warner like where would houston gauge him as a player and they are to they are going to continue to you know free up some cap space. Right now they are sitting around $30 million in cap space that they can use in free agency. How do they view him in terms of money? This is also something that Nick Casario talked about at the NFL Combine. I uh, can't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, when you look at the player, the market, is he worth what the market says he's worth for us? Something along <laughs> those lines. And this is one of those players because – there's an opportunity for Houston to sign a player that played for D'Amico Ryan's Aziz Al-Shair out of San Fran. He will be a free agent this year. But is he as good as Tremaine uh, Edmonds? Excuse me. I don't think he is. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's good as Edmonds. And I think that you're releasing Jalen Reeves Maven. There's also other veterans and other linebackers in that group, I've made the case for Christian Kirksey to come back. I can understand as a business decision and as a planned decision why he shouldn't come back. I get it. Mm. But he won't be the only one. And so Edmonds, Al Shair, these are the options, I think the top two options for Houston in terms of what they can do in free agency to address that linebacking group. And with $20 million per year, or will he reset the market again? For the linebacker, will it be 21-5? I'm not 100% sure, but he is a guy that I think Houston should keep their eye on. This is a guy that 
when you take a look at the Houston Texans and what they need most at that position group is a linebacker that can excel in pass coverage. According to Pro Football Focus, he finished the season with a coverage, a pass coverage grade of 88.1. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. And John, you know me, I think some of these positions, I do feel that Nick Asirio and the Houston Texans should put the most money in. When you take a look at the linebacking core, especially considering that your new head coach also excelled at that position, was also a pro bowler and all pro and everything else in between, uh, it makes sense for the Texans to put the most money at that linebacker position. Plus, I do believe that he is the best mentor of a veteran who can help young a young guy like Christian Harris and He's still pretty young, so he fits the rebuild of your timeline. Look, I understand it's going to cost a pretty penny, especially to try to get him away from a contending team to join the rebuilding team. However, in order for the Houston Texans to get better, these are the type of moves that Nick Osirio, D'Amico Ryans, and everybody else on that staff has to make. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to, by the way, Christian Kirksey makes $5 million a year. Wow. Uh, thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And also follow us on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.